0: You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nicaela Matthews Okome. So let's get started. Hey, hey, guys. Welcome. Welcome back to the show. Today in the guest chair, we have Crystal Rory, better known as Chris. Crystal is a web designer and brand strategist majorly obsessed with online marketing, launching, and revenue growth. Chris specializes in strategically building six, seven, and eight-figure businesses alongside each of her clients. As a professional designer for over 10 years, Chris has had the pleasure of creating design strategies for New York Times best-selling authors, Oprah-endorsed thought leaders, Top YouTubers, content creators, leading podcasters, and even a Grammy Award winning artist. Some of her notable clients include Marie Forleo, Francesca Ramsey, Hey Fran Hey, Lovey Ajayi, Chrisette Michelle, Danielle Leslie, and more. Chris has designs featured on BuzzFeed, Essence, and Refinery 29, and on television, including VH1, TV1, and The Food Network. On today's episode, she is going to share how and where she side hustled for years before she got started, how she built her own web design and brand strategy business, and what your website needs right now for your business to flourish when you are just starting out. So let's get right into it. Welcome to the guest chair, Crystal. Thank you, Nikayla. So happy to be here. As you can tell, I'm very happy to have you here. And we're going to get into a little bit of everything, not only your journey, but also what us entrepreneurs need to know about websites, effective websites. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So before we get into anything, though, I'd love for you to tell your story in your own words. Who is Crystal? How did you get to where you are today? Sure. Okay. Okay. Long story, so I'll try to make it short.
1: <laughs> but my name is Crystal Rory. Um, I'm a web designer and brand strategist. And how did I get to where I am today? So, basically, I started really early um, when I was 13. So that was like the year 2000. Yes. Um, I was basically on my winter break from school in ninth grade. And you know, I was really into magazines and magazine layouts and I wanted to learn how those were created. And I'm not sure how I found out about Photoshop exactly, but I did. And I spent on dial-up three days uh, downloading Photoshop during my winter break. And, And then during that time, I would just go to Barnes & Noble and try to learn all I could about Photoshop and how to create those kinds of layouts. And during that time, I realized that there were a, y- a lot of young people online who had their own .coms they had blogs online during that time and i wanted to have one too so i ended up creating my own website my own blog this is before live journal i eventually got one of those <laughs> but i had my own .com really early and i just wanted to showcase like my love of art and whatever you know teenage drama was going on i would write about that um, and that's how i started creating websites and later um, you know, in high school, like my senior year, I would create the, a website so that um, the students could request songs during lunch because they would play music over like, our like speakers over lunch. So you could request a song. And, you know, I just wanted to make different websites to help people. And yeah. I didn't know what a graphic designer was. I didn't know what a web designer was. Those terms were not around me at all. I'm not even sure if they were around back then, but Um, I didn't know what that was. So I'm sure they were around, but I mean, like, just like, you know, speaking normally. So um, I didn't know that that's what I was doing or that's what I wanted to be. And when I got to college, I saw that there were web development classes. So I took one web development class and I loved it. I aced it. And I was like, okay, I could be a web developer. And um, part of our curriculum was to uh, go to a college counselor and just talk about your goals and all that. So I went and the counselor told me web development wasn't for me. And she didn't. What? give
0: Yeah. Isn't what? That yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was her reason? I, she
1: didn't. I don't remember a, a true reason. Um, I just remember feeling really defeated. You know, you always remember how you felt in the yes, time. You, yes. you know, I don't remember the exact words, but I just remember feeling really defeated. And I thought, OK, well, maybe it's because You know, in my web development development classes, I was one of two girls out of you know 30 people. I was the only person who was really into like style and things like that. So maybe I was like, well, maybe it's because I I have better strengths or something like that. Maybe I should go into something more creative. Or I didn't know, but I knew that um, I should probably change my career path just based on what she said. And so I always had a dream of having my own business, and that was because I saw early in my childhood my mom she worked at night as a nurse. And so during the day she was able to be there for my brother and I, and she would walk us to school and walk us back from school and take naps with us. And, you know, just, she was just there during the day. And I was like, that's what I want, but I need to have a, uh, I need to have a job that allows me to work from home in some way. So I just said, okay, I'll have my own business, whatever that is, I'll have my own business. So I thought this was sort of like a sign that maybe I should um, pursue Um, business instead. So I changed my major to uh, business and uh, with a concentration in marketing. And that's what I did going forward. And then I did try to double major in design, but I realized that they didn't have any classes that were about the business of design. And I felt like that was what was the most important thing that I didn't have since I had already sort of been self-taught as a designer.
0: Interesting. So Mm -hmm. you you were still trying to incorporate design into your studies. Yeah, in
1: a way. Yeah. And that was a whole thing. Like every job I would take, I mean, I would take a lot of administrative jobs in college and every job I would try to just basically change it to a graphic designer job. So if I was, you know, like an administrative assistant, I'm like, you know what? We need flyers. I'm going to design flyers for the day. And (laughs) I would get a lot of pushback from my employers, but I just saw myself doing that over and over again. It became a pattern for sure.
0: Now, coming out of college, so you graduate with, so was this a business degree? Yes. Mm -hmm. And what was your initial career path?
1: So initially, like I said, I was doing those administrative type jobs. And during school, uh, another assignment was to interview somebody who had a job that you wanted. And I immediately, you know, I started going through like Craigslist, I think at the time, and I saw what kind of jobs were out there. And I just kept seeing, you know, a creative director type job. I was like, oh, okay, maybe that could be cool. So I asked to interview the creative director at revolve.com. And revolve now is this huge, you know, luxury online retailer. And it wasn't that big back then. And now they do collaborations with like Kim Kardashian and Chrissy Teigen and all these great people and a lot of influencers and stuff. But it wasn't anything like that back then. It was just a small Fashion company down the street from my parents' house. So (laughs) I went and I interviewed, uh, I tried to interview the creative director. We had a date set, and when I got there, that person had called out sick. So I ended up interviewing, yeah, the founder of Revolve.com. And uh, yeah, which is even better. I was like, okay, cool. You have this great business. You know, I didn't think anything of it, but I was like, okay, I can just ask him questions. And he told me, he's like, I know a little Photoshop. We can talk about it. And I was like, okay, great. So we sat down. And we immediately clicked. And I knew that I wanted to work there. I just knew I had to be there. So I was working for my aunt at the time. She had owned her own business. And I was sort of um, running it while she was trying to juggle her full-time job and that business. So I was running the business while she was able to go to work. And it was really hard for me to tell her, I want to go to this other place that you know I just felt like I was pulled to be there. So I ended up quitting my aunt's job and, and going to revolve.com. And I was hired as a photo editor. And while I was there, um, I started getting a lot of jobs or like tasks that had to do with designing. So like, hey, you know, Photoshop, can you just whip up this homepage graphic or can you, you know, create this blog post? And I started doing that and I realized that I was doing the job of a web designer um without getting paid for it without the title. Mm. So I don't know where this came from, yeah. but one day I decided, you know what, I'm going to go on salary.com. I'm going to print out what I should be making as a graphic designer and I'm going to go and have a meeting with the founders of Revolve and tell them I want a graphic designer position. So that's what I did. We had that meeting and they were you know pretty blown away by my nerve i mean i hey, right.
0: <laughs> yeah that's a good idea though i've never thought to just print it out like back in the day just be like yeah.
1: yeah i don't know wh- why i thought about that either but it, you know it ended up working out and so you know they were there was a little bit of pushback there they're like you know we usually don't give people 20% raises and they i'd only <laughs> been there like a couple months <laughs> and um, but they said sure fine so that's how i became a graphic designer um I didn't, I didn't get hired as one. I basically pushed myself into that position and I I ended up staying there for six and a half
0: years. Wow. I never knew this. Like, this is so, this is cool, y'all. I'm like learning. (laughs) (laughs) I I always see you. And it's, to me, it's like, of course, like everyone knows Chris did it. Chris did it. She's a bomb designer, you know? Now, when you were there, when did you start making websites for other people?
1: Yeah. So At Revolve, I basically, like I said, I knew really early on, like since I was like 18 or so, that I wanted to have my own business. So I gave myself the goal that I would definitely... Try to take the leap into having something of my own by the time I turn 26. I don't know where I got this number 26, but I was like, you know what? I'll be 26. I'll be maybe, maybe I'll be ready to get married. Maybe I'll be starting my family soon. So I need to have a business that's like running like a well oiled machine. So at Revolve, um there was also the big time where a lot of fashion bloggers were starting to come on the scene. Yes. And you got to you know, show your outfits. You're going to get these free clothes. And I just thought that was a glamorous lifestyle. <laughs> So I tried my hand at that a little bit and um, I created ChrisDivit.com as a like fashion blog kind of site. And really quickly, I mean, within the first few months, I got a lot of other fashion bloggers asking me to redesign their websites because I had in my little bio that I was a web designer and, you know, my blog posts were very like collagey and graphic heavy. And so um, people started reaching out to me and I saw that Afro who is kind of like the queen of like natural hair. Yeah. You know, she was like the first to do it. Yeah. I saw that Afro had a post out asking for an intern and I was like, okay, that'd be cool. You know, I could intern for her. I could make graphics and things like that for her. And then maybe she would shout me out and I'd get more people coming to my blog. So that's what I started doing as well. And, um, and it worked, you know, she would shout me out and then people would ask me to design their blogs based on her shout outs as well. So before I knew it, I had a lot of clients who wanted me to help them with their websites. And that's how I started building up that initial clientele that led me to eventually leave my job.
0: Wow. Well, well, so how are you juggling this? And I mean, it's, it's been a while now, so you could tell me the truth. Were you working yes. on websites at work? <laughs> I wasn't working on
1: websites at work. I was definitely emailing and making proposals and things like at work, but <laughs> I wasn't making the full-on website. Um, my job at Revolve, was pretty easy. You know, towards the end, I'd been there six and a half years. I was a senior designer. Um, it was a lot of, you know, we had to create like our homepage graphics and our graphics for email marketing campaigns. And then we'd switch them out every Tuesday and Thursday. And then we had to upload on Sunday. So on Friday as well. So it was basically the same thing over and over and over again. So I had a lot of free time on my hands that was also when I discovered four-hour work week was during the same time. And I was like, oh my gosh, I could make this so much easier. I was all about trying to automate things. So um yeah, I was able to sort of work on things um at work, but it became too much to handle at one point. So in March of 2012, so that was a month before my 26th birthday. Remember 26th okay. is my full. Getting close to the I, deadline. Okay. Yes, exactly. I'm like, oh, this deadline's coming up. Um I had our annual review meeting with my creative director and it was, I remember feeling that this is a big meeting. I didn't know if she was going to ask me to become art director or something like that. It definitely seemed like I was going to get a large promotion in some way. And I was like, you know what, this is the time I need to say, no, I want to, if it's possible, I want to work for myself two days a week and I want to work at Revolve for three days a week. And again, I don't know where this came from. Like, I don't know how I would ever be able to ask an employer. That's such a huge ask, Yes. but um, it felt right. And um, so during that review, you know, my career director was like, so Crystal, I want to ask you. And I was like, you know what, before you go any further, um, I want to ask you something myself. Can I work here just three days a week and go part time? And she said, you know what? Yes, as long as you're not trying to leave us. And I was like, I'm not. Okay. Yeah. You no. Know? Yeah. So I was like, you know what? No, I just want to try it out for myself. This is my dream. If, if you can give me this, then I, you know, and I told them I loved it there. I actually really, really love working at Revolve. I was so close to the founders and, you know, my creative director. And I was really um, a part of creating the, the company that it is today. I created a lot of like the bigger projects that Help move the marketing forward and worked with a lot of influencers and stuff. So I really felt like I was a part of a larger team and and a bigger dream. And I love that. Um, But I knew that it was time to leave. It was just becoming too much to juggle. So she said, yes, as long as you're not trying to fully leave us. And so I said, okay. So I started doing that and I started building up my list of clients. I started saving money on the side. Mm. And over a year later in July, 2013, that's when I finally gave my notice because it just didn't make sense for me to go to work anymore. I was were making, you making more? Exactly. I was making uh, a lot more. I was having $10,000 a month, you know, while I was still working part-time.
0: Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when you were building up your client list, did you have to do any marketing or because of the strong recommendations that were coming from such big names, was it kind of like word of mouth?
1: Yeah, it was all word of mouth. Yeah, that's predominantly how my business has grown. So I, I really haven't had to focus a lot on marketing. Um, the only time that I ever sort of reached out to a client was actually uh, with Chrisette Michelle. She was the one who put out an Instagram post saying who are the best web designers in LA. And I got tagged by a few people and I wrote back to her and told her, you know, just, I kind of understood what kind of website she was looking for. And that was the only time that I actually sort of had to kind of pitch myself, but not really, but yeah, everything else was worried about.
0: Yeah. And this is such an interesting thing when you're your work literally speaks for itself. It's like, I want a website. I can go on any website and say that you've done it and and be like, yup, she has it. (laughs) She knows what she's doing. Thank you so much. But were you ever nervous that once you've done a website, like, how do you know that, hey, there's another one coming up? How long of a pipeline did you build out? You know,
1: well, I'll just say when I first left my job, it was really difficult because I didn't have the system set up, um, but I quickly learned how to do that. So- Now I have sort of a wait list that's always happening that I can reach out to. So it's an email list that I can blast. And so I always sort of are able to book myself out months in advance. But back then I didn't. So once I left fully in July of 2013, it became really, really difficult. And Mm. I had to sort of learn
0: that system. Yeah. And then in addition to that, like what other Mm -hmm. systems did you have to learn? What were those early days like of being an entrepreneur?
1: Well, I mean, they were rough. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I'm living them right like, now. It's like, you, oh, how do I finish yeah. myself? <laughs> yeah, it's, it was hard. I mean, I got so excited just being able to just be on my own. I think that's just something a lot of people run into when they leave their job full time because it's like, whoa, you know, it's a beautiful day outside. I can actually go out, you know, living in Southern California. It's like I can go you know, get, do my shopping, get my groceries done during the day. And then it's harder to work at night. It's just so, so such a temptation to not work all day. And I fell into that. And then I started getting stuck in sort of like a client panic cycle, meaning that I would get a client and then I'd be like, okay, where's the next one coming from? I wasn't sort of building that out. Like I was saying, the systems, and I was starting to work with a lot of clients that you know, wanted to take advantage of my time. They would ask for, you know, we build a website, maybe that's like three pages and they're like, oh, we need two more pages. And I would just do it because I didn't know how to let them know that that was outside of the scope and it's going to cost more money. Just sort of like these really simple things, but it also just kind of takes a lot of guts that I didn't feel like I had at the time. I just wanted to please every client and that was burning me out a lot. So like I said, I left in July 13 for my full-time job, but I actually learned about, Marie Forleo's B-School, which is a huge business program, in May of 2012. And that was right after I met my best friend, Danielle Leslie, who a lot of you guys may know. She has the Course From Scratch program. She was the one who introduced me to Marie Forleo. Okay. So when I took that program, I learned a lot about you know, getting clear on my profits and how to make sure that I'm building the system that would work with my business so that I wasn't stuck in that cycle, that I was actually you know, running like a true business, because that's not something
0: that I had never done before. So you took her program as a student mm-hmm. and but then you eventually grew to start working with her for her. How, how did that come yeah. about? Well, so when
1: I first signed up for B-School again, I I was referred to B-School by Danielle Leslie. And Danielle Leslie also knew of Marie Forleo's creative director and whose name is Giada Ford. And so Giada was somebody who I met early on. And we really became fast friends as well. And so now she's one of my absolutely closest friends. And she, her and I have a very similar design style. And she also was somebody who sort of mentored me into looking at the kinds of clients that I truly wanted to take on and getting really intentional about that. And so from her advice, I started getting better clients. And she kind of saw the work that I was doing and how close our aesthetic was, which is also Marie's sort of aesthetic. So she asked me to come on to um, join their team. Uh, I think this is in 2015,
0: I want to say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. And you've been, you continue to work together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We worked together for about three years. Uh, I built out like the Copy Cure uh, along with her team and then B-School for the past three years. And so, yeah. So, but basically we kind of work on projects as they come along. So okay. like right now we're not working together, but, you know, definitely probably in, in couple of months or so, we'll start working together again. This
0: is just how the nature of the business works. Yes. I'd like to spend a little bit of time just to touch on how can we make sure we have effective, efficient, and beautiful websites when you, when we're just starting out. Like someone like myself, right? Like it's my goal to work with Chris did it. But right <laughs> now, like I just, you know, put up my own WordPress site downloaded a theme and, Mm -hmm. you know, tried to do my little thing, (laughs) which a lot Mm -hmm. of people have to when they're starting out. What are some tips that you can share with us? Well,
1: you know, when you're when you're first starting out, I think that's totally fine. You know, I think that you should not spend a ton of time or a ton of money on your first website. You know, there's so many resources out there like Squarespace where it's DIY and it's completely effective as long as you have a great theme or template to start out with. Um, I think that's great. And I, I say that because you know your website is always evolving. You're yes. always going to be, yeah, there's always going to be iterations and your website only works when you truly understand your target customer. Yes. And that takes time and experience. Yeah. So I do get a lot of people in my inbox saying like, I need you to do my website because they see the websites that I create and they see the results that I get for people, but I can't really truly help you know that first startup get those results unless they're so clear about their customer. So, I typically only work with businesses that have been around for at least 2 to 3 years because they've done the work, they've made the mistakes that are necessary and now they really understand what they need. And I, and I do that as well because it is an investment. It's an investment in your time, it's an investment in my time and of course the money. So, you know, I don't want you to put all that into a website that you're not fully clear on. So definitely start out with Squarespace, get the template or on WordPress um, and grab a theme and do that. And then you'll you'll understand more about what you need to put into a website. But the websites that I create, I'll just say, um, I have a sort of a framework. So I, I make sure that they are captivating to the visitor because you only have a few seconds before a visitor comes to your site and then they're out the door if it's not exactly what they need. Yeah. So it's very, very important to captivate them. Um, you need to cultivate trust. So you have to have on your website, the results that you get for your customers, you know, what they can expect when they're working with you, how you can help each of your customers. Um, and then you also need to make sure that you're collecting their emails. One thing that I don't see a lot of websites doing is they're not, actually building um, their email marketing. And that's extremely important because a lot of us focus on social media, like Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. And we're like, okay, we're going to build these followers. And you keep doing that and you keep putting the money into the ads. Um, But once you put out a post to them saying, hey, I have this thing, come buy it only a very small percentage actually sees that post. They're
0: like, scroll, scroll. Oh, they're like, heart, didn't read it. Exactly. (laughs) Especially if it's like a graphic or something. Graphic posts always do the worst. Yeah. So, and that's like the thing. You're like, hey, buy my program.
1: And it's a a cute little graphic. And they're like, no, no, let's keep scrolling. Exactly. (laughs) So email marketing is so important for that reason, because you could actually nurture the relationship that you have with your customer. So it's extremely important to be collecting those emails on your website. And then that leads to actually creating customers. So it's like this four-step process that I look at every time I'm creating a new website, call it the four Cs framework. So, you know, that's capturing, cultivating, collecting, and then creating customers in the end, so... That's what I do. Thank you for Mm -hmm. sharing
0: that. And is there any color theory or anything like that that we should pay attention to as new entrepreneurs? It can be so overwhelming to start thinking, oh, should I use warm colors? Should I use cool colors? What does this color signify?
1: Yeah. (laughs) You know, what's interesting, and I, I didn't really touch on this, but I've never taken a design class. I've never taken a class on color theory. I've never taken a class on Photoshop or anything like that. So I am not to say here are the rules and go ahead and follow these rules. Um, I think, and that that actually you know going into like the the rough early days and things like that, that was something that was I struggled with a lot. Not feeling validated as a designer, even though I had worked at Revolve for six years and all that. You know, I always felt like I don't have the the degree behind things, so it was hard for me to you know look at these sort of technical rules that a lot of other designers have. But a, a lot of you know, folks with authority along the way have told me that that's what makes me different. And because I don't follow those rules, a lot of times I'm able to break them without even knowing it. And so color theory and all that, that's never truly been very important to me. It's really, websites are all about how you make people feel. So, you know, if you have a, what, if you're doing a website, you know, like, let's say you have like a yoga studio, don't use like fire engine red because that yeah. does feel very yoga like, right? You know, yeah. so I really go into things, you know, more in terms of intuitive feeling and not about following any specific rules or you know the, the technical aspects of design.
0: Okay, good. I'm glad that you say that because that that yeah. is is way more helpful than someone telling me some rules about what colors signify to who. I don't exactly. know exactly whatever. Exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah, I tell a lot of people that I help or mentor. I tell them, you know, create just a Pinterest board. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're thinking about your business, start pinning images or colors or, you know, mood boards that are out there. Start pinning those things onto one board and just, you know, take an hour, an hour and a half and, and just let yourself sort of brainstorm in that way and just make those pins. Then you, once you come back to the board, you'll kind of see that there's a pattern going on there that right. just naturally happens in your brain. Mm-hmm. And you'll see that you're using the same colors over and over again. There's a feeling that you're creating with that. And that can really help guide you forward without you actually thinking about, okay, this is the color because blue means this, you know, that's yes. really helpful.
0: Hey guys, it's Michaela here with a quick word from our sponsors. I remember when I first turned my side hustle into a business. It was no easy feat. It took a lot of commitment, working before and after work, and even on my lunch break. Bottom line, I always had something to do. So why not make things a little easier? Well, our friends at FreshBooks have the solution. FreshBooks invoicing and accounting software is designed specifically for small business owners simple, intuitive, and keeps you way more organized than having your own little Excel spreadsheet or checking your bank account every minute. FreshBooks lets you create and send professional-looking invoices in 30 seconds and then get paid two times faster with automated online payments. Plus, file expenses even quicker and keep them perfectly organized for tax time. And the best part, FreshBooks grows alongside your business. So you'll always have the tools you need when you need them without ever having to learn accounting. Try it free for 30 days, no catch and no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash side hustle pro and enter side hustle pro in the how did you hear about a section to get started. If you are side hustling, I know that you need to constantly learn new skills to do things like put up your own website, market your business, and so much more. That's why I keep Skillshare in my business arsenal. Skillshare is an online learning community for creators. There are over 25,000 classes in subjects like Photoshop, accounting, copywriting, and even podcasting. That's right. I recently published the How to Start Your Own Podcast, Podcasting for Beginners course on Skillshare. So now you can learn all of my podcasting secrets over on Skillshare. Whether you're looking to start a podcast, though, or just grow your side hustle or gain new professional skills, Skillshare is there to keep you learning, thriving and reaching these new year goals. I, for one, have a course on copywriting next up in my Save Skillshare classes. And now Skillshare has a special new year offer just for Side Hustle Pro listeners. Get two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash That's N-I-C-A-I-L-A. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash to start your two months now. One more time, that's Skillshare.com slash N-I-C-A-I-L-A glad that you said that you don't work with people unless they're like 2 to 3 plus years in. And you're yeah. so right about that because I know starting out, let's say for me, of Pro, I created a logo. Um, I just chose the the colors to stand out in the Apple Podcast Store. Mm-hmm. Not thinking like, what are my brand colors? What do I want my website to look like? And then later creating my podcast accelerator, that's a whole different color. Mm-hmm. So you're right. It takes time to think about, okay, what products am I creating? Who is my audience? And then what, how should the website be an umbrella to cohesively talk about all of this exactly
1: yeah yeah well i love what you did with the side hustle pro as out the gate i thought you had such an amazing branding
0: and oh girl. you know everybody come was so open. drawn to it i'm yeah no <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> thank you thank you but we, we i'm coming to you i'm coming to you yeah. okay okay, <laughs> okay, good. okay. let's okay. do it <laughs> so when people come to you after they have built their site themselves and you now are tasked with revamping it. What are some yeah. of the, the problem areas, the, the typical mistakes that you see that newbies did that you then have to kind of course correct?
1: Yeah. Um, that's a great question. So when we when we start redesigning a site, we look at how is the business doing, truly, you know, so what are the goal revenue goals that you're not meeting? Why is this happening? What is it about the customer? Because truly it's typically that you're not fully getting your customer right. So usually the website, like we said, it's the first iteration. So you're not sure of who your customer is yet. And so now we have to tackle, okay, now what have you learned? Who is truly that customer? Um, are you actually positioning your offerings in the correct way? A lot of people have... for. First time websites where they want to put everything, yes. I, mean, I mean everything, <laughs> on that homepage. And it's like, I need this. It's like a like link tree
0: approach. like
1: Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that is all wrong. We want to make sure that we're actually positioning the offerings that make us the most money, the mm-hmm. ones that we really want to put in front of people. That should be first and foremost on your homepage, if anything. So it's really about the flow of your website and just making sure that you're crafting a process that you really want your customers to go through. Um, whereas a lot of people will just say, here's, here, let me just show you all that I do. And it's really, a lot of people make websites for vanity reasons, it seems like. It's yeah. like you want to show you know, how much of an expert you are, how much you actually get done or how much you put out there. And so again, it's more about the customer, less about you. And that's what we try to tackle with every redesign. And then we also look at your business goals for the future. So a lot of times I work with a lot of, you know, influencers or content creators who have bigger goals. So maybe they want to come out with a book. So I just did uh, Francesca Ramsey's website not too long ago for her book launch. Um, And so we have goals around that book. We want to sell out the tour or maybe they want to get to the New York Times bestseller list, something like that. And so we're crafting a website that's specific to those kinds of goals. So, yeah, so we look at those as well. But those are the, the two biggest things, the customers and then the goals for the business.
0: Now, with all this teaching that you're doing, let's talk a bit about your pivot to courses. One thing I love about you is your passion to help other emerging designers. What inspired you to want to get into online courses and teaching?
1: Yes. So like I said, Danielle Leslie is my very best friend. She is the creator of Course From Scratch. A lot of people know her for her amazing <laughs> course yes. on how to create courses. And having a best friend like Danielle Leslie, she will <laughs> tell you, you need to have a course. Why don't you have a course, right? So um, we have been working on my course since, man, probably 2014, maybe. Wow, I mean, has been a long time. And, and Meaning working on, meaning like, we're such nerds our, our idea of fun is like hey let's go to a cafe and talk about mapping your your launch strategy <laughs> <laughs> you know so your brand said, map. <laughs> yeah exactly she's so funny so um, so we've done that but also I've worked with so many other um, content creators in creating their courses and we've made millions and millions of dollars on their courses and I'm like, you know what one day I'll do mine mm-hmm. but they you know courses are very overwhelming, I should say. You know, there's a lot that goes into them. It's just the thought of them, I should say. Yes, the thought of them. Yes. Right. Danielle breaks it down and makes it so easy. But, you know, the thought of creating a course is always um, a little intimidating. So it took me a long time to actually create my course. But when Danielle came out with her program, I was like, you know what, let me get into that. Um, And I started really paying attention to, to it and just, you know, her influence as well. She's done such amazing things with her course. I knew that I wanted to do something like that with mine. Um, But in addition to that, like I said, I've never taken a design class. And when I wanted to major in design or double major, I took a few quiet art classes to start that double major. And I saw that there were no business oriented classes for designers. So there was no way for me to figure out how to market myself as a designer, how to make money as a designer. And I had to really figure it out on my own. And it took many, many years, a lot of research that didn't really help for a long time. Um, And I had to sort of craft my own system. So I started mentoring other designers about five years ago now. So every year I I opened a mentorship program where I mentor other designers and I saw that they needed something like this. And I had the roadmap, but I just never had really put it out there. Mm. So the course allowed me to do that. So I just launched the course in October um, and it's been amazing. I mean, it's, it's one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done. And so I'm just so happy that I did it.
0: Yes. And of course, being the designer, you are your course, your landing pages, your sales page are all course goals. <laughs> oh, Thank you so much. So you, this is interesting though. You had a mentorship for five years. So was that free or was it like just lower cost or how did that work? And, and what changed once you made it into a course? Yeah. So I created the mentorship
1: program because I loved B-School, Marie Forleo's B-School program. And after I did B-School, Marie asked if I would like to come on and be an affiliate of B-School. And when you're an affiliate of B-School, everybody who's an affiliate gives a bonus of some type. And most people give their course as a bonus. So if you sign up for B-School, then you'll get their course for free. But I didn't have a course and I didn't have anything that I felt was you know, that intriguing for a designer to actually want to have in addition to buying into B-School. So I created mentorship. So I actually gave one-on-one phone calls to everybody who signed up for B-School. So that was sort of
0: what allowed me to learn more about designers and what they truly needed. How have you approached building out this arm of your business versus just straightforward being the person who's doing the graphic design?
1: So creating the courses, I had to be really strategic. Um, I wanted to make sure that I asked for help and I followed the lead of others. So like Danielle Leslie, um, David Seitman Garland is another one who has a lot out there about courses, Amy Porterfield. Um, so I did a lot of research to create the right kind of course to map up my webinar and things like that. But for design, I honestly didn't have anybody who I could turn to for you know, how to actually create this design business. So it was much different for me creating my design brand of the business versus the course. The course is really very intentional. And I I took a few months to actually plan out exactly what was going to happen and what my strategies were, but I'd never done that before. So it was a brand new experience, but it was awesome.
0: Yes, it looks awesome. (laughs) Thank you. You know, having gone through a similar process of creating a course, I know that there are lots of epiphanies that happen as you start to teach and learn and instruct people and how to do things. I mean, for me, it's always interesting to see how other people's minds work and Mm -hmm. the the questions and challenges that they come across that you might not have come across. So Mm -hmm. what have you learned so far as far as what are some of the core things that aspiring designers are really struggling with? And if people are listening to this, how do they know if this course is for them? Yeah,
1: I think a lot of designers just have never seen a true roadmap, like they've never seen a step-by-step system on this is what you do first, this is what you do second, this is how you're actually going to get the customers, this is what happens when you know you're getting on a discovery call, and this is how you create that perfect proposal and things like that, and that's what I actually give in the course. I give that step-by-step system. You know, I do a welcome call with each of my students just to kind of get to know what they're struggling with and why they actually enrolled, and that typically is the reason. It's like they've never sat down and said, this is how I need to craft my design business. A lot of us, because you, most of us are self-taught or, you know, we've gone to design school, but they've never talked about business before. So they really are just like, okay, just go get the customers, right? That's mm-hmm. it. No, and no, that's really, that's, you'll get the customer, but then if you're not getting the referrals, there's something going on in your experience. There's something that's going on when you're actually creating that client relationship. And so that's what I talk about in the course. It's really that like step one through five kind of system. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. And and what I'm also hearing from you is that for every, for all of us, it's not just about the talent. Like we need to know the business Mm -hmm. of this, right? The business of design, the business of podcasting. Otherwise you're not going to make any money. (laughs) (laughs) You can be as good as you want to be, but you got Mm -hmm. to know how to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of business
1: also just has to do with customer service yeah. in general. And that's something that we're not necessarily taught or it's not really pushed out there as much. And if you give your client an excellent customer experience and, you know, you're truly listening to their their needs and you're delivering on those needs, you're not trying to just build a pretty website, but you're actually trying to help their business. And in that, you can create, you know, experience that makes them feel really secure. So like with designers, we typically have a stereotype of, you know, just being really creative. And it's like, oh, we'll get, the, we'll get the mock-up to you when we get it to you. And like, oh, we missed this deadline. And, you know, so a lot of folks who work with designers in the past I see them a lot feeling like they, you know, um, got burned in some way or they just weren't happy with the experience. So you really have to make sure that in your business that you have, you know, those processes in place so that you're not missing things. Things aren't falling through the cracks. And that's
0: what I teach within the course. Okay. And would you say those processes are the key to cultivating the relationships? Like people like Marie Forleo, who are like, not only is she incredibly talented, but she's reliable and she, Mm -hmm. you know, she's there. Like I can Mm -hmm. trust her. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Crystal, everything that you've said sounds really seamless. I want to know what has gone wrong (laughs) yeah, on this entrepreneurial path for you. Man, okay, what
1: has gone wrong? I'm like, where do I start? So many (laughs) things. (laughs) You know, Um, I think the first thing, not having the, the full confidence to call myself a designer, not feeling like, okay, I can truly do this because I hadn't had the degree, that was really hard for me. So there was a lot to overcome there. Um, But it was helpful to actually work with the client. So, you know, it's all about that, like, feel the fear and do it anyway. Even if you feel like you're not a designer, even if you feel like you're not an entrepreneur, you really do have to go for it. And that's when that validation will sort of come. But it's, it's something that all creatives go through. Like, none of us feel like we're truly good enough. And so there's a lot of work that has to be done there. So that was one thing. Um, like I said, in the beginning, I wasn't making anywhere near the salary that I walked away from, so when I finally took the leap and left my full-time job, I wasn't making that salary. so I felt like a fraud, to be honest. like so many people were like, "Yeah, you did it," and they were. You know, <laughs> and you know, that was the dream back then. I mean, even now it's always been the dream. but you know, you can really fall into like, oh, like, did I do the right thing so easily? And so it took a long time to overcome that. And um, like I also mentioned, working with the wrong clients. So working with clients that, you know, I allowed to take advantage of me or disrespect me, um, learning how to work with them, or not really work with them, how to like actually weed out. Right, and try to out for the right them. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> figuring out the right clients for me and getting better at understanding who I truly wanted to work with. That was something that I had to overcome as well.
0: Now, another thing, and this might be a misconception, mm-hmm. is I think from the outside looking in, it can seem like once you start making money as a designer, like, wow, like there seems to be pretty low overhead. Like you could bank a lot of it and, you know, mm-hmm. What investments have you made in your business? Is that a misconception? Are you able to get two-story office space or like what What kind of investments go into your business? Yeah, you know, I've never really wanted the two-story office
1: space, actually. <laughs> I've always just wanted, you know, to work from home, to be really happy in my environment and things yeah. like that. So um, I had my own office, you know, I think, what is that? Probably like five years ago or so, that's when I started having my own in-home office. and, And that's just another room in my, in my apartment. But, um, that was really important for me. But the biggest thing that I invested in is online courses, to be honest. So, you know, purchasing courses from other people who've already done it before. I just think it's just so important to learn from those folks who, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's somebody out there who's telling you this is exactly what you need to do. And so that was so important for me in my business. That's probably like the biggest sort of investments that I've had to make. Um, And of course, like, you know, an accountant and a lawyer and and all that good stuff. But I think courses are the thing that really helped propel my business forward.
0: Okay. So now we are going to hop into the lightning round. You know the deal. You just answer the first thing that comes to mind. You ready? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Number one, what is a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience?
1: Okay. So one of my favorite resources, I'm not sure if you've heard this, but it's clarity.fm. Have you heard of this?
0: No. What's
1: that? Yes. So it's a website where you can speak to experts, like literally talk on the phone with them all over the world. So they charge by the minute. And it's just like a directory of folks who are an expert in their field. So there are lawyers, there's, you know, startup founders, there are accountants, there's, I mean, anything you can think of is on the site and then they have like their own little profile. So it's like a directory. They have a profile of like what they've done, what results they've been able to get in their own businesses um, and what they can help you with. And so you can actually message them first and say, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. Is this something you can help me with? They'll reply and then you can schedule a phone call with them through the site and pay by the minute. So if you're like, hey, I wanna have 30 minutes with this person, you can pay for that. And usually it's around a dollar a minute to maybe like $5 a minute on the really high end. But um, it's something that I love because, like, there was a time where I wanted to find a lawyer, for instance, a creative copyright lawyer. So I found that person on, on Clarity.fm. I was able to speak to them about my concerns. It was only a 15-minute call, but it wasn't something that I had to, like, you know, go to somebody's office or, you know, figure out and spend a ton of money on. It was something that was really quick and helpful, and I love giving me that resource out. Oh, wow. I love
0: that. That is a new one. I love learning something like that I've never heard before. So thank Yay. you. <laughs> okay. Number two, what's been the best business book or live event or podcast episode that you've consumed recently?
1: Mm, I have to say, Danielle Leslie's episode, Not just- <laughs> <laughs> but Danielle Leslie's episode on Side Hustle Pro, I thought was incredible because yes. the gems that woman drops is just, it's crazy. Um, and it's, it was just so helpful to being like, oh, gosh, okay. I know I'm on the right path to creating my online course. And yeah, that episode was great. Awesome. Great job. Michaela. Thanks you for listening. For oh, episode. thank
0: you. <laughs> All right. Number three, who is a black woman entrepreneur besides Oprah or Beyonce that you would want to trade places with for a day and why?
1: Ah, uh, uh, Issa Rae, I, Issa Rae for sure. Nice. I think just her drive and work ethic is just so admirable. And all the stuff that she's able to do. I'm just like in awe of that woman. So
0: yeah. Okay, cool. And number four, what is a personal habit that you think has truly contributed to your success?
1: Okay. Calendar everything. I love Google Calendar so much. It is my life. And I really, I make sure that every single thing is on that calendar for me because, you know, before I started doing that in my mind, I would just be holding all this information or just like, don't forget this and make sure you do that. And it was, I think it was one of those things that you don't truly realize has such an effect on your well-being. And um, yeah, once I started calendaring everything out, it just
0: helped tremendously. Okay. And then lastly, what is your parting advice for fellow women entrepreneurs who want to make that leap like you did from Revolve, but mm-hmm. are worried about losing a steady paycheck?
1: You know, it's, it's not easy but it's worth it. You know, the, the rewards far exceed any of the pain and struggle that you go through and you will go through that. Um, I, one thing that I talk about, um, uh, in my emails to, uh, my list is that earlier this year in March, my mom got diagnosed with stomach cancer and it was just such a huge devastation, of course, to our family And I ended up just moving from LA to Anaheim. So I live near Disneyland now just to be with her so that, you know, to go to those hospital visits or, you know, to stay with her in the hospital and work from there or try to work from there. But that was the thing, you know, the hospital Wi-Fi and stuff, you know, it's not the best. So it was really difficult for for me to actually work from there. So I couldn't. And so I took a few months off from my business this year so I could be there with my mother. But that was something that I, could have never done if I had not taken this leap. If I not, if I never felt that I was, you know, financially stable enough to do that. If I didn't create a system to make sure that I had clients who are willing to work with me months in advance, I wouldn't have that security to do that. So that those are the kinds of times in my life that I've been like, oh, thank goodness I took this leap, and thank goodness I, you know, went through the pain and struggle that it takes to get to the other side. So I would just say that it's absolutely worth it, and just think about what it means for yourself and for your family and for your lifestyle in the future.
0: Uh, I love that you said that. And, you. you know, thank you for sharing that with us. I pray for your mom. And- oh, thank you.
1: Well, she, thankfully, just this past July, we found out the cancer is completely gone.
0: Woo!
1: Yes, she went to chemo <laughs> and then surgery and chemo again. She's just an absolute warrior. So she's warrior. back at work. Yes, just did did yeah, Thanksgiving feast for our whole family. She, like, just didn't even miss a beat. <laughs> Love. Love it. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that.
0: Yeah. But you just reminded me of, and it might have been your email because I'm on your list where I got that. And it just, you know, got me thinking about. I used to think that I wanted to retire my parents, like some NBA players. And like that's been one of my goals and, you know, yeah. buy them a big house. But then recently, as, being an entrepreneur, I've been able to do things like pick up and go to Disney World on a whim, you know, to join yes. them because I can do that now. I'm flexible. Absolutely. And I'm realizing oh that God. the greatest gift is time. Like these times are the times they'll never, ever forget. percent. that is better than any amount of dollars I could ever spend on them. So I'm yes. thankful for that. I'm very thankful. So thank That's you. That's awesome. So where can people connect with you after this episode?
1: Sure. So, um, you can find me at chrisdidit.com. So that's K R I S S D I D I T.com. And, um, also if you want to, uh, join my masterclass, it's absolutely free and it's about how to run a design business you love. And so I give six simple strategies that you can use right now to book premium clients months in advance. And so you can find that at bookedandbusymasterclass.com. And yeah, those are the two places you can find me. And then I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all that at Chris Did It.
0: All right. Thank you very much, you guys. I will link to all of that in the show notes. You know I will. And there you have it. Hey, guys.